it's our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Oh, boy. Here it comes. It's like pandemonium, Heather. Okay, so I was thinking. She said what? I think I got it figured out. This is how this to do is life. how to do life. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. I have seen the light. Hey, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd. Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It totally is at my house. I was wondering whether you had started putting off your Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. Only inside. I'll hold off on the outside. Well, more people than ever yes. are putting up Christmas decorations mm-hmm. early. I know this from my own independent research of surveying the houses in the neighborhoods that I frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, people have their inflatables out. Now, my son says... He thinks more people should have their inflatables out. He feels like people are putting out lights, but not the inflatables yet. Oh, I've He's seen ready. plenty of inflatables, plenty of lights. We have a turkey out. Okay. We have a turkey inflatable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, and I have seen some turkey inflatables, and those are cool, too. Mm-hmm. I um, have a guy in my neighborhood who has already installed Santa and the reindeer in flight Ooh. over his driveway. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I have been wondering whether or not people are putting up their Christmas decorations because I remember seeing a story one time that people who decorate for the holidays early tend to be happier mm-hmm. and healthier. I think that you've told me this. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. so. I'm probably trying to justify my own early decorating. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says that um, in a world of stress and anxiety, people who people like to associate to things that make them happy. Mm hmm. Christmas decorations evoke feelings of nostalgia, Nostalgia, childhood, um, and anticipating something fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, people who um, want to get their decorations up, a study in the Journal of Environmental Psychology reveals there's a correlation between decorating a house for Christmas and feeling like that makes you more open to neighbors and social. And so it's a demonstration of goodwill to others when you decorate your house for the holidays. Interesting. Yeah. So that urge is coming from a place of wanting to be with people Hmm. and demonstrate how nice you are. You know, this is kind of weird, but I have all my decorations up in my living room. So I I think I've told you this before that when I moved out of the 5,200 square foot house and down into like the... 2,500 square foot house, maybe a little less than that, 2,200, whatever. I took all the Christmas decorations. So I took 5,000 square feet, (laughs) 5,200 square feet of Christmas decorations and put them into 3,000 less square feet. So it's, when Christmas hits, it hits serious. It's a Christmas explosion. Yeah. And I was looking around the other day. I have all these little Santas and all these little snowmen Uh and all these little woodland creatures and like little soft animals, all these things. 
And I was sitting yesterday, and I'm like, I wonder how many pairs of eyes are looking at me right now. <laughs> There's like a hundred pairs of eyes um, in my living room right now. I always feel like <laughs> somebody's watching me. So, yeah, maybe I'm extra happy to socialize. I'm talking to the little creatures. <laughs> got little woodland creatures everywhere. It's I have crazy. yet to put up any Christmas decorations, although I've I've definitely want to. Um, I just haven't gotten around to it, although I did suggest to Robbie that when he was taking the um, trick-or-treat zipline off the roof that he should just put up the Christmas lights while he was up there. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, um, but he, he declined. I did a flash poll on Facebook this morning um, just asking if anybody had any Christmas decorations up. Um, apparently, not very many of my friends are childlike and nostalgic because they mm-hmm. all have a resounding no. No. Except for a few. I will tell you that um, according to my Facebook, I'm actually later this year than I usually really? am. Apparently, I jumped the gun pretty frequently. I, from November, I think it was 2nd through like 9th in years past, I've got pictures of my tree up of, you know, like... Now, my tree is standing. The tree gets decorated last, usually, because mm. all of the little stuff, all the stuff with eyeballs that I was talking about, that's right. all easy to get out. You yeah. just open up the bin, and there are throw pillows in there, whatever, and you just, you know, toss them around your living room. Yeah. But the tree actually takes effort, and so I probably won't do the tree f- until, I mean, the decorations are sitting beside it. The tree is standing, but it probably won't get lit up and ready to go until Thanksgiving. We do a live tree, so our tree is also the last thing to go up because we wait to get it until like usually the first weekend of December we'll go go. get the tree. Dapper Dan um, said that this year he wants to cut his own tree. He's Mm going to go to Havana to the Christmas tree farm and Uh use the saw and do all the stuff. And he's, he wants to go do that. And he was actually calling them because he wanted to get in early because it doesn't open early enough for his taste and he's ready for a tree already. (laughs) So people, some people are in the spirit. One of my friends um, did the whole going and, and sawing down the, the tree last year, I think. And they brought a photographer and they did it like as a lifestyle shoot for mm-hmm. the family pictures. And I laughed and laughed because I was looking at their pictures and I'm thinking, now what was it really like? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes I had family photos taken recently and <laughs> it's basically, I'm like, how are these photos going to turn out nice when I'm just so angry at the people that I am supposed to be taking them with? I'm like, sit here. She said, look over there. You're getting dirt all over your pants. Get up. Now smile and look happy. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, get out of the bushes. You know, like, why, why are you, why are you like crawling away? <laughs> there's no, there's no, no. I'm about to get in trouble with my family because I've been informed um, since probably the summer that we're having family pictures done at Thanksgiving for Christmas and there has been a dress code that has been announced of Mm -hmm. how we are supposed to dress and it's next week and I have not even thought about whether or not we have the appropriate clothes. Can I tell you something wonderful then? Yeah. So I had my family photos and the day of the family photos I realized that we didn't have anything to wear do you want to know what exists that I didn't know existed? It's so great. I went on Target.com. Uh-huh. I found sweaters that I wanted. I found jeans that I wanted for all three of us, for my two children and myself. I ordered them 
and shipped for free, brought them to my door in under two hours. What? I didn't even have to go to the Target for pickup. What? It was like food delivery. The Target.com put together the things I wanted in the sizes I wanted, handed it to a shipped person, and it arrived on my doorstep. Whoa. It was like the greatest moment ever. I felt like I was living a fantasy life. <laughs> wow. I had no idea that was an option. I didn't either. Whoa. And everyone should know. So for Christmas, now you know. Just don't go to the Target and get the toys your kids want. Order them and have shipped bring them to your door. Now, I think it was a special promotion that it was free. I think it's usually yeah. a $10 delivery fee, and that is worth absolutely it. worth it. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. I think I'm about to do my Christmas shopping this afternoon on Target.com. <laughs> You'll have everything wrapped under the tree yes. tonight. Yes. Well, I just want to um, fully support everybody who wants to put their Christmas decorations up early. I think that everyone's just excited to have something fun happening and make it festive and cozy. And my sister-in-law makes a good point. She's like, everybody acts like if you decorate for the holidays before Thanksgiving, you're skipping Thanksgiving. It's like, we're not skipping Thanksgiving. Still cooking a turkey. We're just also decorating for Christmas. So. I will say that I ended up doing a story on my social media where, you know, I'm playing the Christmas tunes and I'm doing like the, the little circle around the room of like, look at all of my decorations. Uh -huh. And then I took a picture of the top shelf where the pilgrim man and woman <laughs> yeah. salt and pepper shakers and the cornucopia towel. Uh -huh. <laughs> and they're just up on a dark shelf. And I, mm. I posted that I literally apologized aloud to them. Aww. Like I was like, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry. They understand. I will get them out on Thanksgiving, I think, but I can't get them out right now. They can't coexist. The colors don't blend, you know. I still have, I'm I'm still firmly with my August pumpkins that I put up um, My outside fall. is fully Thanksgiving. Yes. Because I'm fooling people. Right, yeah, they're so fooled. <laughs> <laughs> well, in lieu of Christmas decorating, I started something exciting. Um, I've today was the first day of marathon training congratulations my life has structure again so i'm very excited i am very proud of you you're writing every day you're training for something you have goals again you're doing a great job <laughs> i'm doing my best to pretend like nothing weird is going on everything's normal everything's mm -hmm. fine just keep your head down and do your work so mm -hmm. i'm running i'm writing i'm doing all of the stuff you're doing great Heather. thank you although Starting marathon training really puts me in um, kind of like a higher level of structure and um, just kind of in, it feeds into other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And I noticed what the trigger was. I've got something to I'd like to recommend. Now here's part of the show where Chrissy and Heather tell us what to do. Well, might I recommend... Might I recommend watching a friend cross the finish line at the Ironman competition? Oh, how amazing. Oh, my gosh. My friend Corey and her husband completed the Ironman. And, of course, now we can, you know, watch it happen live, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm getting chills just right now thinking about it. Just knowing the training that they put in and the work that they put in. And anybody who's done a triathlon knows, you know, it's it's a family project. Yeah. And to my mind still is boggled with the distances and and the enormity of the Ironman. Mm -hmm. And I watching her cross the finish line running, 
looking energetic after like 12 right. hours of mm-hmm. of intense work just was so inspirational and so much fun. I really, really recommend. I know that watching races is not necessarily something that very many people enjoy doing. But if you have an opportunity to watch a, a race like that, um, it's it'll change It'll just change the way you're thinking about things. Well, and I think it's 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 more than just a race. I think watching someone that you care about accomplish something big. Yeah. If you get to be a part of that, if you get to participate in that in any way is just so beautiful, you know, and it's inspiring, especially. And I think that for you, this race is a big deal because you also do races, you know. So if it's something that you aspire to do and you get to see someone that you care about succeed in it. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. What a nice thing to get to do. Well, and I, I really love getting to watch the end of the Boston Marathon, especially if I know people who are running. Mm-hmm. And because it's such an iconic race. And, you know, now, you know, we don't know when we'll be able to have races like that again. Mm-hmm. And being able to watch your friends cross that finish line and know, um, you know, what that feels like. Is, I feel is really fun. sad about uh, our local turkey trot. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's virtual, I know it's happening. But it's always been in my neighborhood, yeah. and we get to cheer for everybody going by, and we get to participate. Like I can walk out my front door and be at the starting line in you know six minutes walking, you know. And I just I I know I'm gonna miss it this year, and I'm wondering, I'm I'm really interested to see if people like from the neighborhood kind of go out and do that route because you know it is a virtual run that day i'm interested to see if people show up in southwood and i kind of hope that people do i think they would i think so too i think i might i might go out and do the regular route and start at the regular time and you know it just feels like what i might like to do you know i'm doing my own turkey trot good for you yeah i mean i'm not i'm not gonna Actually, I guess since it's virtual, I could register for our turkey trot and Mm -hmm. I can just do it wherever I am. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. Okay. Well, then, so maybe we'll also recommend finding a turkey trot to do. Um, All of those organizations that put on the race still need the registration fees. Absolutely. Like they still Mm -hmm. need the money to be able to, to do run their organizations. So find a turkey trot that you want to support and register and do it virtually. You will be glad that you did. And if you don't have one that you love already, Tallahassee's is quite, yes, quite it sweet. Is, it is. Okay, so I don't really have a grab bag today. I just have some things that I'm curious about. Hmm. You know, this is probably nosy, personal, and none of her business. But she just can't help it, you know? Heather is just curious to know. I have this book that I bought. It's called 52 Lists for Bravery. And I, um, I actually bought it when I was buying our last book club book, hmm. The Gifts of Imperfection. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the same shelf, and I thought it was a kind of a cool, it's like a journal prompt book. And some, some of the questions um, in it, some of the list prompts, are, um, are really fun to think about in the context of our book club, mm-hmm. because it's about bravery. And I think that, you know, the gifts of imperfection was a lot about, you know, being brave enough to shed the feelings of shame, you know, that, that hold us back. And then and while... Yeah, our upcoming book yeah, is I mean, really about conquering a lot of things within yourself. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and what she did was really brave. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that when I read the book the first time, I was inspired to be more brave and more bold. Mm-hmm. So I've got a question some questions for you today about bravery and one of them is what did you once dream of having in your life 
that you do have now? Can you think of anything that was once a dream and now is a reality? And I ask these questions to our listeners, too. I wonder, you know, as you're listening to to this show, think about what did you once dream of having in your life that now is a reality? I think that I dreamed, like, when my kids were really little, I was trying to figure out how to be a mom, you know, and I dreamed of the relationship that we have now. Oh. Like, I definitely, like, I wanted this, and, you know, I wasn't sure how to achieve this, you know, um, this little team and this little, you know, everybody's a responsible party and everybody helps each other and we're friends, but I'm also the coach and the guide, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and I grew up in a household that was more, um, authoritarian. Oh gosh. Is that the bad one? I think, yes. Um, uh, which everyone's the bad one. Yeah. The, I grew up in a household that was a lot of like lecturing and a lot of my way and the highway. And so when they were very little and, and I was a behavioral scientist, you know, and I'm like, okay, everything has to be like, I follow through with everything and I'm very harsh and I'm very, you know, and now I've learned how to have a strong balance, you know, where like I don't rule with the iron fist at all. Right. You know, I rule through um, collaboration and friendship so that is something that I definitely wanted that I'm so happy to have achieved do you feel like there was any particular strength that you utilized in yourself to bring that about um in some ways I feel like I became a much much better parent when I got divorced Mm -hmm. um because I always in my family growing up it was kind of the adults versus the kids Mm-hmm. You know, like the parents would always support one another, even if they didn't agree with one another. If one said no and the other one would have said yes, they stuck with the first person's no. You know what I mean? So I became on my kids team when I got divorced instead of on my ex-husband's team, you know, mm-hmm. and it allowed me to open up to parenting them in the way that I thought was the real way I wanted to parent them, I guess, you know? So, so yeah, there, it was me, like when I learned how to trust my own intuition, when I learned how to, you know, like not do everything. So by the book and what I thought was the quote right way, you know, or the best science, like when I allowed myself to be like a feeling human being again, Mm -hmm. you know, then that translated to the relationship with my kids too. I love that. It really came down to trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and that takes bravery for sure. You know, because if we're the one making the decisions and then we're the one responsible for the consequences and especially, you know, when your kids are involved, then, you know, that definitely takes some bravery. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's hard to learn how to trust yourself when you're used to, you know, I mean, and for me, part of it too may have come from losing my parents because there's nobody to like, I, there was a, there's a freedom in that. Obviously there's tons of sadness in that, but there's tons of freedom in that too, where suddenly you're like, well, I don't have to do things the way that you did. I'm, you know, I'm going to have to figure it out on my own for the rest of my life, you know, so I might as well do it the way that feels best. And, yeah. You know, and it, it took a lot. Yeah. And it took a lot. You know? Yeah. I, I can see that in my own parenting, um, I used to, I've, I've, I think I've gone through a few different evolutions of parenting styles, um, but I definitely trust myself more to have 
bold conversations with my kids as they get older and I feel like they're more ready to do that. And I feel much more confident as a parent of older kids. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel confident when they were younger. Um, I think maybe they felt a lot more fragile to me then, but I think that my communication style is so much more geared towards adults Mm -hmm. that when they are then able to have those conversations with me, like like right now, my relationship with my teenager is how I dreamed it would be. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how it was going to how it was going to be. All I knew is what other people had told me to expect, mm-hmm. which was terrifying. Um, but I feel really good about where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I hope it stays that way. I feel like a really um, soft person with my kids now. Like I feel like yelling at them doesn't work you know like even when they are having a moment like sometimes I just think about like their brain development like I'm like your little like amygdala is not there yet you know right. I mean? like like my uh I I don't want to like bust her out or anything but my daughter was having a a tough teenage moment the mm. other day and it was just like she was overtired mm. she was you know not feeling that great you know she was just in a bad place, and she just, you know, she was kind of having a, like a teenage meltdown, you know, and I just sat down and held her, you know, like, like we could have, it could have been a moment for sure, because she was being kind of a pill, that I could have yelled at her, and I could have been like, you know, and, and I was just like, that's not what she needs, you know, and just myself growing up enough, and being perceptive enough and being kind enough to recognize that she's just a little person and this little person needs some support right now and she doesn't have the skills yet to tell me I just really need a moment I just really need somebody to hug me she's just not quite there yet you know and so I just sat down and we just sat for five ten minutes just you know in a in a nice lovely hug you know just really close to each other and and everything was fine. And we yeah. exhaled. And we talked about, I talked about those feelings when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it was a really lovely moment that I could have missed had I been trying to be like, you just, your behavior isn't good right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I thought about her feelings instead of the behavior. You right. Know? Yeah. And that makes such a big difference. It does make a big difference. And I feel like it's really liberating when you um, allow yourself to, really just kind of connect with them where they are instead mm-hmm. of doing what we might consider to be like the good parent mm-hmm. response yeah. of, you know, I always think of it as being like the structure and, you know, the life teachable moment of mm-hmm. resilience skills. Sometimes they just, you can just chuck that out and just be. I think that it's such a, like an opportunity for empathy mm-hmm. because you look at this person and I I try to think to myself, gosh, if I was feeling those feelings right now, what would I want someone to do? Yeah. Would I want them to scream in my face? Right. No. Would I want them just to sit down and hold me? Yes, absolutely. So, like, whenever a behavior isn't something that I like from my children, from, you know, a boyfriend, from anything, you know, I try to think, like, what would I want if mm-hmm. that's how I felt? And I think that's such a gift that we've given ourselves as we've grown up, you know, to be able to put yourself in your child's shoes or in your friend's shoes and you know it's good yep absolutely yeah and i i feel like it takes so much pressure off of us having to 
figure out how to fix things when right. really all mm-hmm. you need to do is be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have another question. Mm-hmm. If you had a clone of yourself, mm. a Chrissy clone, what would what would the you, world ain't ready for that? <laughs> what would you have the clone do, and what would you keep? So I'm the boss of the clone. Yeah, you decide what the clone does. Probably stay out of my way. I don't need a clone. Okay. <laughs> so you would you would forego having a clone completely? I would absolutely forego having a clone. I would not want a clone. If, if the clone is another responsibility, then no, I don't I don't need anybody else to boss around. I'm fine. I don't know what that, what I would, if my clone, I'm assuming that a clone would be exactly like me, not like an assistant. That would annoy me. I don't want myself in my life. Well, I just, the thing, like, I don't know that I need two of me. No. I need no. somebody much more competent I need than somebody, I am. I need somebody with complementary skills. Right. Like, I've already got the skills that I've got. Like, <laughs> I, I need somebody who can, you know, fix a toilet and stuff. <laughs> I was originally going to say, like, I would have the clone, like, cook dinner and, like, do the things that I don't like to do. They're your clone. They can't do that. Exactly. I don't want the dinner that my that I would make. No. I want a dinner that somebody much more competent than me would make. Right. So, yeah. No clones. Thank Interesting. you. You know what? I expected to answer that question differently, too. But when you presented it that way. All right. So if you were granted three wishes, mm-hmm. what would the second wish be? Oh, man. <laughs> I, 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 is the wish for more wishes allowed? You're like, not allowed to wish for more wishes. No. I like the wish for more wishes. So I only get... Three, and mm-hmm. that's it. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a solid state. All right. Um, well, I'm trying to think of what the first one would be. Yeah, you have to chuck that one out and go for the second one. I mean, one. almost like the clone thing. I'm almost like, no, I've, I've seen this. I've seen this movie. <laughs> it never goes to plan. It never goes to plan. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, it would take me a long time to make any of the wishes. I would have to. Maybe, I agree. Maybe the first one you kind of, you know, like you, you test it out. Oh, yeah. See if it's a trick. Yeah. And then the second one would have to be to correct the first one or undo it, perhaps. So my second wish might be figuring out how the genie tricked me with the first one and didn't really give me what I actually wanted. Because they always trick you. They never give you the right thing. It never works out well. (laughs) That never goes well. And I love, I use this question in coaching conversations, you know, Mm -hmm. about like, you know, what if if I could wave a magic wand over your life right now? You know, what would you like to see different? What would you like to see changed? And um, without, and that always goes well. You know, that's always a, a positive conversation. But when I think about myself, mm-hmm. and I think about the potential that I have for royally screwing up a really good situation <laughs> that I have right now, I'm like, don't touch it. Everything right now is really good. I don't want to mess with it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> We're both very superstitious with it. I'm like, uh, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't know about this. So my second wish might be correcting whatever the genie screwed me over on my first wish. That's fair. Yeah, I think that sounds good. Okay, last question for today. Well, I can't. I I'm so far. It's my last question. I might have more depending on how you answer this one. What is something that you will only do if it can be done perfectly? Oh, almost everything. Really? Yeah. I, um, it's been a running joke in my family forever. My kids come by this naturally too, that we don't like to do things that we're not good at. Yeah. Like, um, I've told the story before, probably on the show, but definitely in my life, I tell this story a lot that when, um, I was in high school 
if it was volleyball time, I'm not good at volleyball. I don't like volleyball, and I don't like it because I'm not good at it. Um, and if it was a day that we were supposed to do volleyball, I would intentionally not take my clothes and not dress. Because oh, if you yeah. didn't dress, you just had to walk laps, mm-hmm. and you got a zero for the day. That's fine. And I couldn't care less. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, I'm walking instead of playing volleyball, so it's yeah. great. So, yeah, um, it's been a lifelong challenge to make myself do things that I'm not good at. Like, if I don't think that I'm going to be fantastic at it and that it's going to be beautiful right away, sometimes I would just rather avoid it. I don't have that. I am totally fine to be bad at something unless it's something that I really care about being good at. And then then I really do hesitate until I feel like I'm going to be good at it. And Mm -hmm. then I, I don't, and then I and then I I care a lot more. But there have been so many th- times when I've shown up to something and thought, well, I don't know how to do this, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to be bad at it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I like my coping mechanism in a situation like that is that I will act like I don't care at all if oh, I'm good yeah. at it. Like I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I missed the golf ball again. <laughs> and inside you're like, I'm like, uh. oh, I want to be really good at golf. <laughs> I want to be instantly good at this, you know, like, but I'll act really pleasant about it. Right. And I'll, ha, 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 yeah. Like, I don't get mad. I'm not going to throw my club. I'm going to be like, okay, okay, then tell me again. Let's try again. <laughs> and then I'll just never go back in the future. Well, that's the thing. I'm not going to keep doing something that I'm clearly not good at. Like, if it's clear that I'm not good at it, then why continue, you know, if, unless I'm intentionally focused on getting better like trying really hard to get good at it. right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there are some things that I feel like I've invested the time to get better at and it's paid off mm-hmm. and then there are some that I'm not interested in being good at this so why like like burpees I have mm-hmm. totally done with burpees right I've told me that before I don't plan to ever do a burpee again in my life and and I'm fine with that but I do want to get good at pull-ups like I will put in the oh, work on no, pull-ups because I, for some reason, I value. Being I don't able have to upper do body strength, and I know it, and I'll just admit that. Now, see, a lot of these things that I say I want to do perfectly, they're all physical things, physical challenges. Like, and when I was married, my ex-husband sometimes would want to work out together, and I hated working. Like, I don't think I will ever work out with a significant other again mm. because he would like want to correct me, like while I watched his bad form. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-mm. and and I, it was not like. It, it was not rewarding for me. It was not okay for me. So a lot of those physical things, especially, um, I think sometimes especially to be doing those things with a significant other who is male and bigger and stronger and probably more naturally inclined toward, you know, some of those things. Like, I'm going to race you. I'm going to lose because your legs are three times as long as mine. And, you know, and I'm yeah. just like, so I don't like to do like physical competition kind of stuff with when I know I can't win, you right. know, I, like, I'll, well, what's the point? Right. Exactly. I know I can't win. Like, and so I would rather not even try. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It's just, you're just a time saver. Why, yeah. why expend the energy on something that you know is not going to I don't well. want to raise you and get totally smoked. Right. Like I just, I don't want to, I don't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was curious about these things. I don't, you know, I don't really know why just because I'm curious and, you are. and I enjoy learning about other people's ideas and thoughts. And so I hang ups. <laughs> yes. And hang ups so that I can compare how neurotic I am compared to other mm-hmm. people. So 
Well, would, you're in good company <laughs> in neuroses today, so I think you're okay. I will implore our listeners to um, to think about, you know, what what have you dreamed about that is now a reality, and and what what did you bring to the table to help bring that into fruition? What would you do if presented with the option for wishes? Would you would you make wishes or would you leave the wishes alone? If you had a clone. Would you trust your clone to do anything? I would not trust my clone. <laughs> I would not trust my clone. I know myself well enough to know that's going to end badly. And um, and think about um, you know, the the types of things that that you want to do to celebrate um, the holidays coming up. Whether you're going to decorate the inside, decorate the outside, um, and let us know what your preferences are. And then if you do put up. Um, decorations take a picture and share it with us we want to see what you do for sure yeah now okay i'm going to close out this show with a quote here's something someone else said that we wish we said but since they said it we don't have to say it and they said it better anyway so here's heather's quote it's been a while since we've had a quote. I know. I was just listening to that, and I'm like, that's so fun. Yeah. Buzzy, I like it. Well, the reason why is because I saw this quote, and it made me think about where we are in this year. Um, we're getting close to the end of the year, and this is when I start getting all like touchy-feely about goals and ideas and dreams. And so this one is from Eleanor Roosevelt, and she says, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Aww. Yeah. So, so spend some time thinking about your dreams and believe in the beauty. Believe in what can be, and then carry that up, with you. Yeah, carry that with you, and set, go forward with that. So, until next time. Bye. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time.